Hey, it's Drex from This Week Health Cyber and Risk Community, and I want to invite you to our next webinar. It's going to focus on what else? Defending health data. I'll be chatting with experts from Rubrik and Microsoft. Register right now at thisweekhealth.com slash rubric webinar. That's all one string, R-U-B-R-I-K webinar, thisweekhealth.com slash rubric webinar. See you online soon. Today in Health IT, Common Spirit Outage, a little bit more detail and my discussion with your board members. If I were the CIO of a health system, what would I be saying to the board? My name is Bill Russell. I'm a former CIO for a 16 hospital system and creator of This Week Health, a set of channels dedicated to keeping health IT staff current and engaged. We want to thank our show sponsors who are investing in developing the next generation of health leaders, Gordian Dynamics, Quill Health, Tausite Nuance, Canon Medical, and Current Health. Check them out at thisweekhealth.com slash today. All right, so the common spirit outage continues. Let me give you a little bit of detail. This is from their website. Over the course of the past week, we have been managing a response to a cyber attack that has impacted some of our facilities. Patients continue to receive the highest quality of care, and we are providing relevant updates on an ongoing situation to our patients, employees, and caregivers. Patient care remains our utmost priority, and we apologize for any inconvenience this matter has created. As previously stated, upon discovering the ransomware attack, we took immediate steps to protect our systems, contain the incident, and begin an investigation and ensure continuity of care. Our facilities are following existing protocols for system outages, which includes taking certain systems offline, such as the electronic health record. In addition, we are taking steps to mitigate the disruption and maintain continuity of care. To further assist and support our team in the investigation and response process, we engage leading cybersecurity specialists and notified law enforcement. We continue to conduct a thorough forensics investigation and review of our systems and will also seek to determine if there are any data impacts as part of the process. Systems serving Dignity Health and Virginia Mason Medical Center have had minimal impacts on operations by this incident. For the other parts of our health system that have seen impacts on operations, we are working diligently every day to bring systems online and restore full functionality as quickly and safely as possible. Let's see, central to our decision-making has been and will continue to be our ability to carry out our mission in a manner that is safe and effective to those we serve. At Common Spirit Health, we are dedicated to meeting the needs of the communities we serve and are guided by our core set of values, which includes integrity, excellence, and collaboration. We are grateful to our staff and physicians who are doing everything possible to mitigate the impacts on our patients and ensure continuity of care. All right, so that's what's on their website. Let's see, where am I gonna go? Over here at Becker's Story gives us a little detail on what is shut down. So this has been going on for a little over a week and let's see, EHRs shut down. We've already read that. Second largest nonprofit hospital chain. That's an important piece of information. Common Spirit said subsidiaries. We already talked about that. And is there anything else new in this? No, not really. Here's what we do know. This is impacting Common Spirit hospitals in the uh, state of Washington, Texas, Tennessee, and I think another northern area. Essentially, if I'm reading this correctly, 
It it's the CHI sites, which is what I said on Monday. I felt like this is a direct result of a consolidation or an acquisition that Common Spirit has made. And potentially the security practices didn't make it from Common Spirit to the acquired entity, which is CHI. Acquisition happened in 2019. That should be something that's actually planned prior to the consummation of the deal, right? So you should have your security practices all mapped out. It's actually one of the first groups that begins to talk between the two organizations because there's no competitive things that are going on in cybersecurity. We do not compete on cybersecurity. So as the deal's sort of going through its process, one of the groups that you get together almost immediately is the cybersecurity teams to talk about how you're gonna connect up, what are the practices, if there's uh, different audits and things that are necessary to move forward. All right, my so what on this is, I'm, I'm glad they're finally getting out there. I was a little concerned that they were they were really tight-lipped. We didn't know a lot about what was going on. They should have a PR person that's way out in front of this thing because there's people in those communities who are asking questions. And that PR person should be talking to the local news, talking to any kind of local media that's going to get the word out to the patients of what is going on at those hospitals. Think about this. There's chronic conditions. There's people with ongoing care. There's people with surgery set up. There's people with just basic appointments set up that were getting turned away or are still getting turned away and they have questions and they need those answered and it's better to get out in front of that than behind. And the fact that they were not leads me to believe that the practices were not practiced. I was talking to somebody today about tabletop exercises and the value of the tabletop exercises is you don't get attacked every day. It's hopefully something that doesn't happen all that often to you, but when it does happen, you want it to feel like it's something you've done before. And so the tabletop exercises are good. You know, you just have somebody in there. It's it's like playing Dungeons and Dragons, except you're doing it with, you know, you have your dungeon master, who is the person conducting the tabletop exercise, and you have the team there. And instead of going on a journey, they essentially go on a fictitious, here's what's happening to your system. And it's really interesting because if, you know, if somebody's in that room, like I was in the room once and, you know, answering questions and that kind of stuff, and the person running the tabletop exercise said, okay, your family has been impacted by the disaster and you are no longer available to the team. You cannot talk anymore. And, you know, as a CIO, I had a lot of answers. I knew where a lot of things were. All right, so now I'm out of the equation. They have to figure it out. So that's what tabletop exercises do. And they also identify gaps. Do we have a communication plan? Do we have good backups and restores and that kind of stuff? Because you're walking through the entire process. A good tabletop exercise is uh, immensely valuable. So... You know, I understand not knowing a lot of details, like what was the entry point and what was compromised and those kind of things. This is a crime scene. This is officially a crime scene. And as we heard in past webinars that we've done, we did a webinar. It was a phenomenal webinar. If you have a chance to go back and listen to it, you should. It was with Skylakes Medical Center and Asante. And Skylakes was compromised. Asante was their Community Connect parent, if you will. And we talked to those two CIOs and we talked to a cybersecurity first responder. And we talked about that entire incident from beginning to end. It was actually riveting. It would have been good television for heaven's sake. And it was a great webinar. And one of the things that they learned pretty early on is that when you have an, an incident and you report it and the authorities come in, either the FBI or others come in, you lose control almost immediately. They like tape it off like a crime scene and say, okay, your IT people can't touch the keyboards right now until we figure out what's going on because there's it's a crime scene. 
right? A crime has been committed. We want to make sure that we preserve evidence and do all that stuff. And if you haven't gone through the tabletop exercise, you're just learning this now. The other thing they learned in that process was it's important to know what your cyber insurance says, because one of the first things you do is you go to that policy and you read it. And then you realize, oh my gosh, we can't hire our normal consultants to come in here. We have to hire one of these five people that we've never worked with before. There are stipulations in that contract. If you want to file a claim, there's stipulations in that contract that you have to follow. Again, not it shouldn't be the first time you're doing this when you're going through the process. So very important to get in front of these things. By the way, all these things I'm talking about are things I, I somebody this week said, as you know, because I, I do this kind of show and whatnot, people will call me up and say, hey, what do you know? And, you know, with cybersecurity professionals and whatnot, I've talked to a couple of them this week. I said, look, I, I don't know any specifics, but we knew early on it was ransomware. It just had too many earmarkings of being a ransomware event. So I said, you know, it's a ransomware event. It's taking down these locations. It's now a crime scene. I gave them all that information. And one of the questions was, <clears throat> you know, my board is asking me how we should be looking at this. And I think here's what I'd be saying to the board. Look, first of all, I'd reinforce the work that you've done to this point. Hey, we have a matrix. We have done an assessment, assuming that you've done this. We did this at St. Joe's. We've done an assessment of our security. You're aware of that. The, the security subcommittee of the board gets briefed every time we come together on what our current security posture is, where we're strong, where we're weak. We cannot be perfect on all of these things. So we know there is going to be an event. We know that someone is going to get into our system. It's just sheer numbers. You cannot protect against this. It's not if, but when that they are going to get in, right? So our system had 20 something thousand employees, 20 something thousand employees. Somebody's going to click on a link, give away their password or do something, right? It's just, human error is going to happen or somebody in your data center is going to do something. So they're going to get in. And so we talked about this on Monday. My job is to control the blast radius. So our investments are about controlling the blast radius. So minimizing the damage they can do if they do get in and then being able to roll back, roll back quickly, roll back effectively, right? Because you can't just say, oh, I'm going to restore. Because if you restore from yesterday and that code is already in place, they're just going to relaunch the attack, right? So you have to be able to identify when you were infected and roll back prior to that. And what I would do is reinforce, hey, we have this, we keep you informed on this thing. We have made investments in uh, detection. So we want to know as soon as something odd is going on in our network, we have made investments in remediation and we've made investments in recovery, and that's where I would be focused right now. The ransomware event is, is really highlighting and showcasing the need for strong recovery practices. First of all, you need an, an immutable backup. You need the ability to have a backup that the ransomware attackers cannot get to, right? Their whole proposition is based on the fact that you cannot recover. If you can recover, they're not getting paid. So they have to make sure you cannot recover. They're going after your backups. You have to make sure you have an immutable backup. You also have to make sure that some of the things which are your crown jewels are protected. So, you know, one of the things they're going to want to do is they're going to want to escalate privilege as, as quickly as possible. They're going to go after your Active Directory. Active Directory runs everything from 
gates to your garages, to access to your buildings, to access to your data assets across the entire enterprise. They're going after the Active Directory. If you have not protected your Active Directory at this point, you've made a mistake. If you can't roll that back easily, you've made a mistake. And in a couple of these cases, what we've heard is systems, their Active Directory gets compromised, they cannot roll it back. And just short of having to rebuild it, and by the way, rebuilding Active Directory, almost impossible in a domain that has 30,000 users, let alone 900 applications, let alone thousands of servers and other assets. It's just impossible to rebuild. And so you never want to rebuild it. You're going to restore from a backup. The backup could be a couple months back if you are compromised. And so you want something where you can roll it back, something that is resistant to ransomware. So if you're wondering how to protect your Active Directory, take a look at Sempris. If you're wondering how to do the immutable backups, take a look at Rubrik. These are just a couple of companies. They happen to be sponsors, but a couple of companies that are out there that you could look at. If I was talking to the board, I would say, hey, we're protecting our core assets in this way. We made investments in these things. We are doing exercises. We are exercising our IT organization. We're exercising our practices in the hospital. One of the things, a lot of times we take downtimes at night and you know our night shift is phenomenal at running on paper or running on backup systems and that kind of stuff. But our daily operation is not that good at it, right? So that's one of the things that happens in a ransomware event. Your, your day shift is really experiencing a major outage, potentially, hopefully, but potentially for the first time. And then we find out, do the paper processes really work or do they not work? I mean, one of the things, Sky Lakes was interesting. They ran out of forms. They ran out of paper. You know, it's just some of the things you just don't think about. And the other thing is their their applications weren't tiered that well. The spaghetti that is a health system, you think, oh, well, we're going to restore tier one applications first. But in many cases, tier one, tier two, tier three applications, they, they feed each other. Right, So you can bring all your tier one applications back up, but it may not function as a system unless you have the tier two and tier three applications up. So again, if I were talking to your board, I would reiterate our position where we're at, the investments we're making, the communication we're having, the uh, work we're doing around uh, being prepared and exercising our operations. If they ask me specifically about you know, what they're experiencing at Common Spirit right now. You know, it's a crime scene. They are learning some things for the first time. I would tell them, hey, I've, I've read our cybersecurity policy. I understand the players. They are familiar with us. We are familiar with them. We know what this policy entails and what it doesn't entail. We understand what's going to happen when we call the FBI in. We know the FBI's phone number. Let's just start there. You know, if, if you're caught flat-footed, and we will know pretty quickly if Common Spirit is flat-footed, If they're flat-footed, they are going to take greater than 30 days to restore operations, potentially 60 or 90 days. And then the question becomes, how much data do they actually lose? So that's some of the things that, that you could talk about in terms of the common spirit. And we don't know much, to be honest with you at this point. And by the way, that communication plan is so key, as I mentioned earlier, And I would make sure that the board understands the importance of investing time in preparation because the the time you spend in preparation or the uh, money you invest in the tools and technology to be able to roll back, that is going to minimize that time and impact that data loss and hopefully bring it down to 
nothing, hopefully. All right, so that's all for today. Uh, my thoughts are with the people at Common Spirit. I've been through uh, two breaches. Neither of our breaches would even be remotely like the breach that they're currently experiencing. But with that being said, there's still major events. Everything shuts down. Everything gets focused on the event itself. You have people working uh, ridiculous hours, trying to get things done, doing some work that they've never done before at a level within the system that they've never had to do before, being asked questions about the system. It's almost like having a forced upon you final exam. It's like, hey, where's this document? Where's this? Does anyone have a document that will show us this? Does anyone know where we can find this? And to be honest with you, sometimes it's as silly as, oh, that's all on SharePoint. Well, SharePoint's been compromised. We can't get to it. And you're like, well, that was a mistake. We should have had multiple places to get that information. So it, it, it's tough. I really do feel for them. I know it's going to be a long couple of weeks, and I wish them the best. All right, that's all for today. If you know of someone that might benefit from our channel, please forward them a note. They can subscribe on our website, thisweekhealth.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple, Google, Overcast, Spotify, Stitcher, you get the picture. We are everywhere. We want to thank our channel sponsors who are investing in our mission to develop the next generation of health leaders, Gordian Dynamics, Quill Health, Taucite, Nuance, Canon Medical, and Current Health. Check them out at thisweekhealth.com slash today. Thanks for listening. That's all for now.